get started here, let's just open in prayer. Father, we just thank you that uh, you desire to walk and talk with us each and every day. And we just ask you, Father, as we just look into your word tonight, that, Father, you'll just help us to realize the Holy Spirit lives and abides with us forever, and that he's there to be our, not only our comforter, but to be our helper and our teacher. And I just thank you tonight that uh, you'll just be able to impart truths into the spirits and hearts of each of your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, you know, when Pastor Chris was uh, doing the service this morning, uh, I take notes. I encourage you guys to take notes. I know sometimes that's not a thing to do, but I take notes and I look at different scriptures. Um, but when he was reading one of the scriptures, one of the ways that you hear God is you're just reading the scriptures and all of a sudden something kind of jumps out at you. You know, something, either a word or just a verse or something, but it just becomes, it's almost like it's highlighted. And this morning when he was reading out of Genesis, I realized that, you know, when it said, and Joseph said unto them, fear not for I am with him. Remember when he said that um, his brothers had come and they were fearful uh, because he thought, they thought maybe he was gonna kill them now. And then it says, but uh, Joseph said, but as, you, as for you, you thought evil against me, okay? But God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive now therefore fear not i will nourish you and your and your little ones and be comforted and he spoke kindly unto them when i was reading that you know i've read that many times i've quoted that verse okay and i've talked about how joseph is a type of christ but when he when i looked at it today i just said you know that could have been jesus saying that because it says, but you thought evil against me. They put him on a cross. I'm not even sure if his, some of his relatives weren't ones that would allow him to go on the cross. They put him on a cross, and he says, but God meant it unto good to bring it to pass unto this day to save, what? People alive. We're saved because of Jesus went to the cross. And then it said, therefore, I will nourish you and your little ones. In other words, I'm going to take care of you and provide for you. So that's Jesus on the cross. It was a picture of, of what happened. You know, Joseph was saying that, but it was actually a picture of what was going to happen. And so it's important we recognize that, you know, you can read Scripture your whole life, and when you're looking at it, all of a sudden you can see something new because the Holy Spirit's our teacher. And so the, today let's look at a few Scriptures. Last week we talked about how we hear God. Uh, we had all four of us up here and we talked about personally hearing God and different things that we've heard over our lifetimes. Um, but tonight, I just want to make sure we look at some scriptures to ground us on why we, why we know that God wants to, to bless us. And so uh, I'm just going to read a few of them. I didn't have a, uh, my Shanna was not, not able to put things on the screen. So we're just going to go the old-fashioned way. I'll read them to you. Uh, Genesis 3.8. And they heard the voice of the Lord of God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and Eve, his wife, hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. So what does that say? They heard the voice of the Lord. Okay, what was the voice of the Lord saying? Adam, Eve, where are you at? You know, we, we meet all the time in the garden, where are you? And they're hiding. Many Christians hide from God because they fear him when we should actually run to him. 
Okay, we make mistakes. He knows we're going to make mistakes. But here, he had created Adam and Eve perfect, and they had made a mistake. And so, uh, right away, God makes a plan that he says, you know, there'll be one come from the seed of a woman that will bruise your head, and you only bruise his heel. He's talking about Jesus coming later. So, but the key is, the creation was made for what? So God could walk with you. That hasn't changed. The creation was made for God to walk with you. Okay, so creation is for fellowship. It's not for works. See, most Christians, I fall into that category sometimes. I, I want to do something for God. I can't do anything for God in the sense that it's already done. I mean, it's good that I do things that he asked me to do, but I can't earn anything. In other words, I can't earn salvation. I can't earn any bonus points, you know. In, in other words, God's already seen me as perfect through Jesus' blood. And Jesus is already praying for me that I'll become more like him, and the Holy Spirit is inside me trying to help that to, have, to come to pass. So it's important that we recognize that we don't get caught up in, in one of the things that we can get caught up in is just circles of where we're not really on the path to become like Jesus, but we get caught in some kind of activity or works or some wrong theology. Uh, it can even be sin or habits, but something the devil tries to get us out of that plan. And so we need to always remember the plan at the beginning was that God created us in his image, and that's going to be important later uh, as we hear from him. He created us in his image and he was planning on spending 24-7, anytime we wanted, in the garden with us. Now, what is heaven going to be? It's going to go back to that. It's going to go back to where we're spending, we're in his presence at all times. And, uh, you know, he can walk with us and talk with us. So that's where it comes from. So is God wanting to talk to you every day? Yes. So every day he wants to have fellowship with you. Now, Ezekiel, because man fell, because Adam messed up, what happened? His spirit died. So how, what, we are spirit, soul, and body. A lot of people don't teach that, but you have a spirit, you, you are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. Okay, you're three parts. Now, they're all one, but at the same time, they're three parts. And it says in John, John 4.24, God is a spirit, and those who worship him, what? Worship him in spirit and truth. So what happened in Adam's case is his spirit died, okay? So he now doesn't have a spirit that's in the image of God. But Ezekiel 36, 26, and 27 says, I will give you a new heart. I will put a new spirit in you. You know the word born again? <laughs> you know, that's why we get it. You know, we get born again. I'll remove the stony heart from your body and I'll replace it with a heart that is God-willed, not self-willed. I'll put my spirit in you and make it possible for you to do what I tell you and live by my commands. If you read the, uh, in Romans and Hebrews, you know, you can't justify yourself. You can't live that. But God's saying, I'm going to put my spirit back in you. Okay, that's why Jesus died. Jesus died and he was what called the second Adam. And he was perfect, and he died, and what happened? He became the firstborn among the brethren. So in other words, everybody from that point on can have a new spirit within them. 
So that's where the voice is going to come from. It's not going to always come out here. That was Old Testament. The Holy Spirit couldn't live inside people that had stony hearts. So he would talk to them outside as the prophets would hear. And so many times, you know, we want to have that same thing happening, but God's made it so that we can, he can live inside of us. And we'll look at some scriptures that says that, and then we hear the voice inside. So 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says, In the very God of peace, sanctify you wholly, I pray your spirit, soul, and body. See that? Spirit, soul, and body would be preserved blameless in the coming of Lord Jesus Christ. So there's, there's uh, you know, indications. So we're made in God's image, and he will use all that we, he, he is and that we are to communicate to us. And so that's really important to re- recognize. And then in, in Psalm um, 100, it says, Know ye not that the Lord, he is God, and it is he that has made us, and not we ourselves. We are the people, we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Where else does it talk about sheep? Anybody remember? It talks about it in John 10. In John 10, it talks about the good shepherd. And so when we look at that, and I I need to read a few of those verses, we realize that God calls us his sheep. And once we've had that born-again experience, we're his people. And not only we're his people, but he knows our name. And that's what's really important. It says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, that he that entereth into the door into the sheepfold but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he that entereth into the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter opened the sheep, hear his voice, and he calleth his sheep by na- his own sheep by name and leads them out. So just like in the garden, God says, Adam, Eve, where are you? Maybe some of you are here today and God's calling your name going, where are you? <laughs> I want to talk with you every day. Not just Sunday. Where are you? Why are you hiding from me? I want to spend time with you. And so we don't have to hide from God. God wants to be our friend. He really does. And so he knows our name. And he putteth forth his own sheep, and he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Okay, sometimes people say, I just don't know the voice of God. The Bible says you can know his voice. Why? because he's given you his spirit. We're made in his image. So it's not that uh, we can't know his voice. And then in 1027, it says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. In other words, he knows our name and we're supposed to know his voice. So it's not uncommon for people to to hear from God. Now, some people, they get, uh, they'll say, does God really speak to people today? You know, some people will say, you know, God only speaks to pastors and goofy people. And sometimes that's true. (laughs) There are some goofy people out there. And sometimes your relatives will think you're goofy if you tell them God said something. But God does speak to people today. Uh, What if it's not God? You know, that's a question we all have. What if it's not God? How do I know if it's God or not? Well, that's why we're doing this, to try and zero in. What if I'm wrong? And we talked about that last week. I gave you some examples of how I was wrong. And I, I heard and I didn't do something I was supposed to do. And, uh, you know, so, but the, but the Lord doesn't condemn us. He encourages us and then he goes on for teaching. What if the, what will people think of me? Yeah, you know, if you're going to follow God anyway, you're going to have a, uh, you know, I can just explain it. 
you know, if you're moving up this way, and the, the closer you get to the Lord, say you're up here and you get there, um, you, you know, all of that, you know that much about the Lord, that person way down here, you're going to help them get up there, but it gets more lonely as you get up here. Not that many people want to get there. Think about Jesus. Jesus was totally full God. His whole box was just light. Who could he talk to? There was nobody on the earth. Even John the Baptist was the closest that understood what God was doing. And so even if John the Baptist was here, he, he still wouldn't understand what Jesus was going to go, go through. You know, so it gets lonely if you're a Christian and if you're in leadership. And so one of the things that, you know, when Matt and Shannon wanted to go in the ministry, you know, one of the things I want to tell them is, well, it's, it's okay, but um, there's some things that you have to realize that as you grow up this thing, not only you become lighter, but what happens, the further you go up, you become a target. Because the more light you have, the more attraction the devil has to try and thwart different things in your life. And so... Um, and then there's always that, what if it's the devil? You know, what if, what if I'm hearing wrong? And so that one's a little easier because if it doesn't match up with God's word, then we can know it. So we are made in God's image and we can do a lot of things and he communicates to us in lots of ways. And hearing takes practice, but you can always realize that you're never going to get out of the trial and area, error. You know, you're going to have to try and just keep moving out in faith. And if it, you mess up, he's not upset. He's glad you tried. See, if someone, a little kid, tries to ride the bike and they fall, are you upset at them? No, you're, you know, you're glad they tried, and then they get on the bike again, and eventually they make it. The thing is, God wants to help us so we make it and we know his voice. So last week we did a couple exercises, and uh, one of those exercises was I just showed you something, and then you um, asked me. Now, when we were in Argentina and Michelle was there with me, uh, <coughs> I didn't know how to speak Spanish. Now, Michelle speaks good Spanish, don't you? Well, right? Yeah, so she didn't have any problem. I had problems because I couldn't communicate. So in the hotel, there was a bar, and that's where you had to get your drinks, no matter what it was. And so in the morning, I usually just like orange juice for breakfast. So I got my orange, and I went down to the bartender, or the guy that was in the, you know, at the bar. I do this. So what did I do? But what did I, what did I, what were you hearing in your head? Orange juice, glass of orange juice. Okay, you didn't hear me say that, but you heard it somewhere inside you. So if I just hold this up, what's what your head says something? Somebody said Clementine. Okay. If I hold this up, what is your what do you hear? What do you hear inside? Yeah, Buckeye. Okay, I didn't say Buckeye. Did you hear that inside? Yeah. Now, if I hold up something like this, what do you think? Yeah. Now, this is, but what brand is this? Can you read it? Huh? Raid. Okay, so if I just grab the raid can and I just start spraying ants, does it work? 
What if it's for wasps? So in other words, sometimes God will show you something and we need to say, okay, I need more details. See, another, he can show you something. And, and so one of my friends was telling me that their, their child was having some issues and when she was praying, she kept seeing a candle and the light, you know, or the, like someone's trying to blow it out. And so she said, Lord, you know, what does that mean? And so it was, you know, she was, had to pray for her child because, you know, he's, he has a call on his life and there's a, you know, and someone wants to, you know, the enemy wants to blow that light out. So sometimes when you see something, you have to ask, what, you know, get more details. Okay, can God will show you things? Um, if I look at my wife, okay, what did I say, honey? Yeah, I didn't say that. How'd you know I said that? God can look at you. Okay, you can sense his presence and you can hear a voice. Okay, I was sitting in church one time and there was nobody behind me. Okay, and I was kind of talking to the Lord about something. And all of a sudden, I felt somebody put their hand on my shoulder. Okay, when you're sitting there, you know, I, I jerked and turned around. There wasn't anybody within four rows of me. God can actually put his hands on your shoulder. Now, when someone puts his hands on your shoulder or her puts your hands on what does that mean usually? It's usually they do that when you're going through a tough time and they put that there. And they don't have to say anything to it, do they? All they have to do is be there and put their hand there and you feel like they comforted you or that they love you or they care about you or it encourages you or it strengthens you but they're not talking god can communicate to us in multiple ways if we're looking for it okay so anything you see a billboard a movie a, a, you know somebody's text um you know a scripture it, it really doesn't matter what it is. God can all of a sudden quicken something to you to get it across to you. The key is that the voice that you hear when I hold things up, okay, um, somebody, piece of wood, somebody may have said a block, but you said something. You heard something because you have what? Inner ears. You have outer and inner ears. You didn't hear it with your outer ears, you heard it with your inner ears. That's where God usually speaks, in the inner ears, because you're a spirit being, and he's a spirit, and he communicates to you in your spirit. Now, when, when someone says, I really heard something loud, that means the Holy Spirit really emphasized those words, and you heard them inside you. There are times where God is audible, and you can hear him with your outer ears, but most people, when they say, I think God said, or I know God said, especially when I, you know, there were times where last week I shared where, you know, there's I think God said, and there's I know God said. When it's that, it's the Holy Spirit making that voice inside you very loud. So one of the things he told me, when, you know, when I, uh, I could resign the one job was, I will take care of you. I still remember that. It's still clear. Okay, and then years later, he emphasized that again by saying, didn't I say, I will take care of you? And I go, but Lord, you have to tell me every day. <laughs> you, know, you, you get that way? I need to know every day you're going to take care of me. Uh, but in other words, he, he, he'll emphasize it and it becomes really strong. So on that time, you really know that he said that. But other times, it's going to be that still small voice 
And in that still small voice, it's inside you. And that's where the trial and error comes. Okay, that's where you have to say, okay, uh, you know what I'm going to do. Now, also, God doesn't mind if you don't know that he said something, that you just reason with him, okay? Or that you, um, you know, you can talk to him. So one of the things that you have to realize that the word of God, this entire word, is what they call logos, the logos. But a spoken word is rhema. Okay, so a rhema word is when God speaks something to you or he quickens a verse to you, that becomes alive to you. It's, it's not just a word that God said, now it's something alive and it's specifically for you. So, for instance, um, there are lots of times like when uh, Jesus said, let us go to the other side. Okay, and they went, they started to get in the boat and they were going. What immediately happens when God speaks anyway? So what happened right away? A storm. So that's the other thing. When God speaks and it's real clear to you, just realize that you're going to have some opposition. You're not only you're going to have some yourself doubt, you're going to have other people begin to doubt, and you may have to go through some circumstances because the uh, it says in uh, Mark four when it's on the sower sows the word that the devil comes immediately once the word is sown. So once God gives you a rhema word, okay, then immediately the devil's going to try and bring doubt. He's going to try and bring anything he can because he knows once you get a hold of that, it's going to be a part of you forever. And so he's going to try and uh, quench that word. So it's important. So um, we have to realize that with our inner ears, we hear the word of God, okay, and then we start moving. So there are times when we have... Um, well, like I'm going to give you a, a time where I'm stubborn. My wife and I had been trying to get pregnant. I, I wasn't, she was. Um, but she, you know what I'm saying? We were trying to have a baby. We didn't, uh, that wasn't happening. So um, she asked me, if, you know, about adoption. And I says, well, I don't really, you know, I'm not really hip on adoption right now. You know, if God wants me to adopt, he'll, he'll tell me. She goes, will you pray about it? I said, no, I'm not praying about it. She goes, what do you mean? You know, you're an associate pastor and you're not going to pray about it? And I go, no, I'm not going to pray about it. If God wants me to adopt, he can call me. He knows my number. So I'm sitting in my office one day, and we had had that conversation a few times, not just once. And I'm sitting in my office, my phone rings, and, or it actually rings into Don, and Don says, you know, so-and-so is on the line. I said, okay, so I picked up the phone. And it was a guy named Jim Buchan. He was an attorney. I don't know Jim very well. Here's how well I knew him. He said, Dennis, I um, want to talk to you. I'm a little bit leery of doing it. I don't know you very well. I have no idea if you have children. I have no idea if you want children. But I had a woman come in, a young girl, and she wants to give her baby up for adoption. But um, he says, every time we pray, because you know I'm in estate planning, he says, but every time we pray, your name comes back to me, because I had met him one or two times. And so he said, are you interested? Now, I want to ask you, did God call me? <laughs> so, you know, you can challenge God, and he'll go, yeah, I got you. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can handle that. So he had this guy call him. He bugged him and his wife. He, she kept, they said, I'm sitting at the dinner table, 
And all I can say is to my wife is, I keep getting Dennis Griffin's name, and I don't understand that. I've only met this guy a couple times. I know nothing about him. And his wife kept saying, well, you need to call him. And he, he postponed it for a while because he goes, you know, but every time they would pray about, what are we going to do about this baby? Well, here's the amazing thing. So now I tell Susie, uh, we're interested. Everything's moving. And then that girl changed her mind. Now, that's pretty hurtful, isn't it? So Susie was then, you know, then she's like, oh, I don't know if I can, my heart can do this again. And I says, hey, God called me. <laughs> See, now it was strong because before it was strong for her, but now I knew God had said something, and so we moved in that direction. And so then, uh, you know, God led us to an agency, and we got all three of our children from Tulsa, Oklahoma, and all born in the same hospital. And then, of course, you, as you know, joy was a surprise. And so, but... Um, in other words, you can challenge God. If you're not sure you heard right or you're not sure you should move in a certain direction, you say, Lord, you need to confirm this to me and make it clear, totally clear. I need to know. You need to use other people. You need to do something, but I need to know for sure. He doesn't, that's not a problem to him. He'll say that's not a problem and he'll have somebody do whatever you're at. You know, there's some, he'll do something that will confirm that that was his voice. Now, what you need to do after that is say, oh, okay, I heard that voice, so next time I hear it, I won't have to challenge him as much because I'll know it's his voice. And so, you know, every day, we, he wants to walk with us all the time, and every day he wants to make sure that, you know, uh, that we're talking with him. So he's gonna, we're going to hear it where? On our, in the inside, in our inner ears. So remember that, the inner ears. And then the Holy Spirit is our teacher, uh, John 16, it, uh, if you, uh, I'll just read it, but this is really important um, because in John 16, it, this is Jesus when he's talking, and he says um, in 16, and I believe it's, I wrote those down, wait a second here. So, it's uh, John 16, 26, where he said, or um, 15, says, When the comforters come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth which proceeded from the Father, he will testify of me. And then in 14, 26, it says, But the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, when the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. So who's your teacher? The Holy Spirit. And bring all things to remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. One of the things that you need to do is the more words you have in you, the more the Holy Spirit can bring remembrance, truths to you. And that's why it's important to get God's word inside you because then the Holy Spirit can bring things to your remembrance. And then it says in 16, 13, Howbeit when the Spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, he shall speak. And this is what I like. He will show you things to come didn't say he might show you things to come he says he's not only going to teach you of truth but then he's going to show you things to come so there are times where the lord will show us things to come and we should expect that so that's not unusual and then sometimes he shows us things to come and we have to wait a long time for that sometimes i wonder why didn't you just wait and tell me later look at joseph this morning's message he told Joseph when he was about 13, okay, either 13 to 17, they guess, 
about a coat of many colors and then his brothers were going to bow down to him and his mom and dad would bow down to him. And so, you know, it's age 30 when that happens. So that's like 13 to, seven, 13 to 17 years, depending on, you know, what exactly his age was. So God showed him things to come and then he had to hold on by faith and walk through that time for all those years. And so, you know, sometimes you just think, you know, just been nice just to tell me when I was 29 and a half, you know. But it must have been something that then Joseph could hold on to. Jesus said, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. What was the joy set before him? The fact that you and I could be born again and would make his father happy. Because at the, when, when Adam and Eve fell, he lost his kids. He couldn't walk in the garden with them anymore. Now he wasn't in charge of everything. It was what? The little G God, devil, was in charge of the world. Still is, but that's going to change. Thank God. So, so the Holy Spirit lives and abides with you forever. So there's no reason you can't hear from God. So it's important then that we recognize that God's for you. God wants to speak to you. In fact, God's speaking all the time. So we read these cards last week. I just want to read those, and I'm going to have my wife come up, and we'll talk. But she's going to share a little bit, too, and, and from her perspective. But God is uh, for me, not against me. God is a great Father. He's loving, encouraging. He's forgiving. God loves me. He adores me. God wants to spend time with me. You have, those things have to be something you know, because what? Your perception of who God is will determine how confident you are in hearing the voice on the inside. If you think God is not for you, it's going to be hard for you to hear. If you think God doesn't like you, it's going to be hard for you to hear. If you think God is doing the plus and minus thing with your life, it's going to be hard for you to hear. Okay? You're living under grace, and God thinks you're wonderful. God always wants the best for you. Yeah, you can make mistakes, but he's going to be there, and he's going to show you what to do. Hearing God is for everyone, not just a few. Relationships are what? Based on communication. You need to communicate with him every day. We do not serve a silent God. He's talking all the time. He's always talking. Talking to God is normal, okay? I don't care what other people say, it's normal. Uh, hearing from God is normal. Uh, and my sheep know my voice. God is always speaking, okay? There's no time that God is not speaking. You pick up your Bible and say, hey, Holy Spirit, show me something. There are some times where it's a dry desert time, but for the most part, God is always speaking. He's always willing to share truths with us and truths uh, that will help us because he wants the best for us and he wants to get, you know, to be conformed to the image of Christ. Now, the thing is with this plan is nobody's plan's the same, okay? So <laughs> we all may start the same when we get born again there, but after that, who knows where we go? And hopefully we know do that, but, you know, sometimes you do go backwards. But... What I'm saying is that everybody's plan's different, and so sometimes that's why God says don't judge each other. Because, in other words, I'm going to get there, but see, look at here. If you're over here and I'm over there, we look like we're way away from each other. The best example of that is, you know, think of a guy that's in a three-piece suit that's pastoring a big church. And then you think of some pastor who's a motorcycle guy with tattoos all over him and a big leather jacket. They're miles apart in what they think and how they live their lifestyles, but they're still on the same path. 
because when you check their hearts out, they love Jesus. Okay? And so that's the important thing. That's why we don't judge each other. That's why we just encourage each other and fellowship with one another because we're all at different spots on that path. And we just try and encourage with each other. What we don't want to do is when we see somebody going backwards that we really pray for them instead of judging them. We try and get them coming back. And so all of us know people that are, you know, kind of either stagnant or going backwards sometimes, and we want to try and encourage them. You know the best way to encourage them? Pray and hear from God. Because when you hear from God, you'll have specific ramus for them. And when you have a specific ramus for them, they can't deny that. Because you remember the woman in the issue of the blood that, uh, or the uh, woman at the well that Pastor uh, Matt talked about. Jesus is just sitting there. He's not supposed to talk to women, and he's not supposed to talk to Samaritan women. And he certainly was alone with her. And good thing the news people weren't there. They would have probably plastered it all over, you know, the thing that Jesus was alone with a woman. So, but I mean, he was there. He talked to her. She wasn't supposed to talk to Samaritan people, okay? But he read her mail, okay? We can do the same thing if we what? begin to train ourselves to hear God's voice. Because we may be sitting there in, you know, in a waiting room, uh, sitting in where Susie was waiting today for prescriptions, and she, there's like a big line. Uh, when I'm doing that, sometimes you can talk to people. God can drop a thought in your, you know, where you just say something. You don't have to say, thus saith the Lord. You can just, you know, say, how's your day going? And when they say, well, it hasn't been too good. You go, oh, well, what's happening with your son? Well, how'd you know it was my son? In other words, you could get a quickening. In other words, there could be something there. And that, that gets you an open door because we've trained ourselves to hear. So it's important that we know that God's speaking all the time and he wants to speak. Now, one of the things that I do sometimes, and sometimes you guys know I like to send cards, but this is our attenders list from uh, the church. I'll get that and I'll just read it and I'll just go down and read it and if God highlights somebody to me I will send them a card and I'll say Lord what do you want me to say and sometimes I've said some things that go okay yeah, I hope you're right you know because it's like maybe I'm saying something or say you know I, I, I sent a text to somebody the other day I got their name I just was wasn't thinking about anybody that's what happens sometimes you're not even thinking about them and they pop into your head, so, you know, for some reason, and so I, this guy popped into my head, so I sent him, I said, uh, hey, how you doing? Just felt like I got this thought, acknowledge God in all your ways, and he'll help you with your decision. You know, he could text me back and say, what decision? Or he could text me back, I haven't got it yet, so I don't know. <laughs> or he could text me back and say, that's amazing, Pastor Dennis. I'm, I'm, you know, making a decision on, you know, buying a house or I'm making a decision on, you know, whatever. So, you know, so sometimes I'll get something and I'm a little bit, but, you know, I've learned that most of the time I'm pretty right on. Now, you know, I've sent a lot of cards over my lifetime, okay? I've only got one back. So I sent a card and this person took the time to fold it up put it back in an envelope, circle what she didn't think was right about it, and sent it back to me. And that's the only card in thousands of cards probably that I sent, okay, that came back. So I'm sitting there, and it shook me up when I got it. I go, man, I missed it. You know, 
I really feel bad, you know, because I see this woman at church every, you know, all the time. And so I'm thinking, you know, Lord, you know what the Lord did? He showed me that lady talking to me a week before, saying exactly what she circled that she had fear about. And so he said, you didn't miss it. She just didn't receive it. Uh, but he needed to do that for me because that would have, what, squelched me from maybe being as bold to send cards. So, you know, because I was really praying, saying, Lord, you need to show me where I missed this because I really thought it was right. So it's important that, you know, we get bold enough to send them. But even if I'd have made that mistake, I went and apologized to her and said, I'm sorry, you know, that that card didn't minister to you. So I made sure I was okay, but then the Lord showed me after that that she had just not received because she had told me right there, the thing I fear, and unfortunately the thing she feared did come upon her, and it did happen. And, uh, but, you know, I was still praying for her, but I think God could have, I don't know if God could have changed the circumstances or not, but she didn't receive that. So sometimes people will say that wasn't right, and it may be right on. I've had times where I said, there's somebody here, I just felt like when I was ministering, that one that gave their heart to the Lord. And nobody raised their hand. So I went home and I thought, oh my goodness, you know, what does everybody think? That's the most important thing, right? What does the whole congregation think? I didn't hear God. Then I found out later that uh, this one person came to Pastor Dave after the service and gave his heart to the Lord. But nobody else knew that. You know, and so you want to get up in the next morning or next Sunday and go, I didn't miss it. I didn't miss it, you know. So, but you can't do that. You know, so in other words, we're serving one person then of God Himself. And we, we just have to try and obey His voice. And when we do, things happen. And when we do, things can happen for us. So, Matt, you're going to come up too. And say, Matt and Susie are going to come up. We're just going to talk a little bit. We'll grab one of the mics there. Susie, you want to go first? Now, before you go, I'll just ask Matt, Matt, just one of the things that I find that are there special places that God speaks to you? In other words, you know, I have a spot that I go to, but I mean, he speaks to me in the car, he'll speak to me different places, but are there special places that, you know, you kind of know that this is my secret place or my dwelling place or... Yeah, yeah, I'd say, I mean, any place can be a special place that you're taking time to yep. be, you know, intentional about your time with God. Um, I say one spot for me is when I get up in the morning, I'm going to try to switch microphones. This one's kind of crap. Do we have another one available? Um, one place for me is that in the morning I'll go upstairs and there's a, oh, thank you. Check, check, check. Perfect. Um, is I'll go upstairs and there's a room that I try to keep technology out of and, uh, including my phone and stuff. And I've got books in there. I've got a, a piano and guitar and my Bible and just to spend time there, um, um, just trying to hear from him, uh, definitely in the car, because we have time, uh, hopefully undistracted as we're driving, just to, to focus on God and, and what he's doing. So I'd say those are the two ones. And then obviously here or back when I was at Post Road, um, when we had Avery Road and Post Road, 
Avery Road had all the kids ministry over there and Post Road was like, it's hard to believe this now, but there was literally nothing happening in that building at one point during that's the week. There, I mean, there's just dead quiet and I could be in the foyer area on the keys. That's where I wrote some of the songs from the album uh, or, or in the, in the um, sanctuary by myself in the place of completely dead. Just very easy to hear. It's a little bit crazier now going on, but those are a couple of the places. Yeah, specifically. Well, being a worship leader for 10 years, do you feel, uh, you know, do you feel com more comfortable when God, when you're worshiping, that God speaks to you when you're worshiping, as opposed to, you know, just reading or, you know? Hmm, that's a good question. I would say sometimes, but there are also times when leading that I'm just thinking about, okay, what's next? What's going to happen next? Is this person going to transition to the next song? Are they ready to do this thing? So uh, there are times where it kind of like in sports, they say the game slows down for you, right? You can kind of take things in stride where, yeah. all right, they're, they're doing this, it's slowed down for me. I can be thinking about God um, actively participating in worship, not just leading and directing it, but yeah. saying, okay, what is God saying? Maybe it's more so a time when Sherry would be leading a song or something. I'm just doing something like playing guitar yeah. and I can more be in tune with But it, in your house when you're worshiping? Oh, you, oh you, yeah, in the house. Yeah, like in your personal worship? Yeah. Yeah, so that's actually something, honestly, uh, we are at Minister's Retreat this week, and I was convicted about, of like, yeah, just because you're preaching sermons now does not mean I gave you a gift to be able to, to sing and lead worship, and you should not just be using it when you're on a stage on a Wednesday night or something. You should be ministering to me with it. And I was like, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry, God. Uh, I wasn't trying to get away from that, but just had to do this, and I had to do that, but you've given me a gift, and I can't just steward it on the stage and neglect my time with God yeah. um, by myself. So we all should do, use praise and worship at home. Yeah. yeah. And, and to each person, the amount of talent God has given you, yeah. the extent he you know, expects of you. If you don't know how to play keys, he does not expect you to sit down and play a bunch of sour notes trying to worship him. You know, you, you would sing by turning on a, a, an album and worshiping yeah. along or stuff. But to, what, to the amount that he gives you, he expects yeah. back yeah. That's to good. use it. All right. Well, Susie, where does God speak to you most? Uh, I guess it could be anywhere, but I do have a couple things I do. Like one thing, I, I love to walk around my path at home. And I have, um, some of you have seen my tree. I have a tree in the woods, and <clears throat> it just happened one day that I I was just needed the Lord, and I was just praying on my walk, and I just, like, knelt down by this tree and put my hand on it. And just like, I'm just giving this to you through this tree. I mean, I know, the tree doesn't really mean anything, but it was just kind of a place. So I did that so often that I finally uh, put a stencil of my hand on this tree. So it has a white print on the tree, if you guys ever walk through our woods. Um, but I think sometimes for me, sometimes there are places I can feel that God has been because people have prayed there a lot. Mm. And that tree kind of has become a little spot for me. But there's other places. Like I, I know when we were fixing up this little church close to us, some of you know about we fixed up that church. But when we, I first went down to the altar of that little church, there was nobody there. It was an old church, and there was no church meeting in it at the time. For years. Right. But down at that little altar, it's like I just felt the presence of the Lord. Like, people have been praying down at this altar. And so I was just really attracted to that little spot. But Yeah, you and your mom would actually walk down there and pray. Yeah, we would go down and, and go to that little altar and sing because <laughs> nobody was there at the time. All right. Well, share whatever you have there. Oh, I, well, what did you just ask me a question about? Well, do you have things specifically you want to share there? A few things? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't sure exactly what he wants me to do. Um, I wasn't sure either. <laughs> I'll just share some of the things that, that 41 I... 41 years like that. I'm going to skip over it because I don't know what he... Um, 
The one scripture, John 10, 27, the sheep that are my own hear my voice and listen to me. I know them and they follow me. And he's already said that, but what spoke to me about that, that is the sheep that are my own. So God speaks to people who aren't Christians, but the sheep who are his own. And then you can go into and study about shepherding and how different shepherds could speak and their particular sheep knew their voice. And so when they said come, those sheep would come. The other sheep didn't. So when we know God, we can hear better. Then, um, and I, I was, I put the goal, um, everybody's seen our sign out here, but our goals for you guys here at RLCM and, and all the leadership works together for this is that you would have a changed life, peace and wholeness, your leadership would be developed, and that you would share God's love everywhere, which is maturity. But then I went into Hebrews 5.14 says, solid food is for the mature, who because of practice have their senses trained to discern good and evil. So you guys have probably heard that scripture before. But as you become mature and you know you can eat solid food instead of the milk because of practice, so which means that you probably mess up quite a few times because of practice. Now your senses, even your senses are discerning good and evil. So you could smell evil. You, you, can, you can feel good things. Your, your eyes, when you see things, you know. So you've trained them because of God's word in you and the things that you have done before. Mm-hmm. Um, then I had characteristics of God's voice are it brings peace not fear. It brings hope. It brings encouragement, never condemnation. Even if he's getting on your case, it will not be condemnation. It will be, okay, that's not so good. But here, you can do this, and it'll be a lot better. Um, It's never urgent or demanding. So if there's something there, you got to do it now. You got to do it now. If you don't do it now, this is going to happen. If you don't, that's not God. One time I was driving, and I was, like, fearful I was like, oh, my gosh, I think I left the stove on or something. I, I need to run back home. And I'm like, oh, what if I don't go home, the whole house is going to burn up. And everyone, and I'm like, okay, well, that's not God. So the stove's not on. And I didn't go back. <laughs> Our house I, is still there. <laughs> and then God's voice is authoritative. A lot of times an aha moment, something you don't norm, normally hear. It will never contradict his word. Um. If you know me very well, you know I'm a real C.S. Lewis fan. Um, And so one thing I always like is, I don't know if any of you guys are C.S. Lewis people, but one thing he says is he's not a tame lion. So it says here, I'm going to make a quote from the Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe. So Lucy says she's about to meet Aslan, the, the lion who represents Jesus, and she says, is he safe? And Mr. Beaver, who was the wise old uh, beaver, said, safe? Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe, but he's good. So I think one thing we have to remember when we're listening for God's voice is that he's not a tame lion. It's going to be different. It could be anything. And you can't necessarily think that your experience is going to be the same as ours or even the same as what you heard before. Because he's not a tame lion. Um, Some examples, I mean, in the Bible, God spoke through a donkey. 
He could be a still small voice. He could be a thunder. He could be a prophecy. He could be an angel. It could be the voice of just your conscience. Um, so now I'm going to give my motherly little advice. Somebody told me when we were starting the church, oh, you're going to be the great matriarch of this church. And I'm like, yeah, I guess I am one of the oldest people here. But <laughs> anyway, so if I'm saying to one of my children, Matt's the only one here. But anyway, first thing is study and read your Bible. God will speak to you in your Bible a lot of times, giving you those rhema words. Then when you pray, make sure you listen. Mm -hmm. Don't just pray. Don't just yak, 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 yak. you got to stop and wait sometimes and listen. Then another thing that I think we don't listen to a lot of times is the scripture that says, Philippians 2.13, For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Don't negate the things that are inside you that you want to do. Because if you know him and he's been working inside you, likely those desires he's putting in you. So don't be afraid of them. If you're wanting to start a Bible study, if you're wanting to become a nurse, if you're wanting to do whatever, it's probably in there. God's working in you. Um, and so I would say go forth with that. Then watch for checks. And so somebody once, uh, well, it's Kenneth Hagin. We went to his school. And he said, sometimes, he said, I'd be going along and I'd just feel a little scratching. He says, I knew I wasn't supposed to do that. And then I'd say it again and I'd hear. And I, I always say scratching, but I suppose it's just a little squeak of your conscience like, uh-uh. So I don't know if you guys have ever been talking. So you're talking along and you say so many sentences and all of a sudden you say this sentence and it's like, that wasn't a good sentence. And you're like, yeah, sorry, God, you know. So you've probably all gotten those little tweaks, those little scratches. So you're going along with what, you know, you've been studying the Bible, and you're going with what's inside of you, and all of a sudden there's this little, and you're like, oh, you might want to think about change in direction. Um, and then ask for a confirmation if you want. God, have something, somebody talk to me, or something in your word, or something. I need a confirmation. I need something confirmation. I'm just not sure about this. Um, and you should feel peace about it. Um, and then, I don't know if anybody's taking notes, but some things that I recommend. Hearing God's Voice by Peter Lord. Both of us study that a lot. I love that book. It's just great about learning to hear God's voice. Hearing God's Voice by Peter Lord. And then there's also a devotional by Chris Tigreen called Hearing God. And that's a daily one, and that's really good too. And the last, don't. Remember, just always remember, don't put him in a box. He's not a tame lion. That's why I had that box there, because I can show you this box. What's it mean? Yeah, nothing. But God could show you a box. But how many of you play that game where you, um, you know, where you're acting out and you're, you know, what is that called? Not charades, but there's another one that's, uh, huh? Yeah, just where you're, you know, you're trying to get people to guess what it is. Sometimes you, that's what it is like being a Christian. It's like, you know, God's showing you things and he's speaking little phrases to you and you're trying to guess, okay, Lord, exactly what do you want me to do? Other times it's real clear, okay? So, I mean, with that uh, adoption, it was pretty clear when that guy called me that, you know, that I had challenged the Lord and he, he said, I'll take that challenge. Um, but other times, you know, you're trying to just figure it out. And so... But one of the things I really encourage you to do, as Susie says, you know, when you're reading, always ask the teacher, the Holy Spirit, 
to reveal something to you every time, okay? So even if it doesn't happen, ask him every time. You just that you start your devotion that way. Just say, Lord, you know, reveal something about yourself to me today, something about your character. You know, just let, let me understand something. So like in my devotional, uh, I do read that one book, or when I'm reading the Bible, I'm marking things down. Uh, like today when I got that in, uh, in Genesis 50, I put Jesus beside it to remind myself that Jesus could have said that. And so uh, sometimes I'll write different things in the, in the margin, uh, different messages that I might be able to give. And God speaks to us different ways because I give messages. Sometimes he'll speak to me things that I can share with other people. Um, but there are times when he does things that are kind of crazy. I've had devotions sometimes where I wrote down on, on three by five, these are four by six, but I wrote down on three by five cards just some scriptures, and I wrote those scriptures down, and uh, I was doing a, uh, going to a city that I never normally go to to deliver something. I delivered to, to this guy, and I couldn't figure out why I had those scriptures, but they were in my top shirt pocket, and I'm sitting there, and this guy started sharing with me some issues he was going through, and those scriptures were perfect, and he was a believer, and I pulled those scriptures out, and I go, these must have been for you. And he got him, he got tears in his eyes because it was like he knew God cared about that situation that he was going through. I had no clue what those scriptures were for because they didn't speak to me. But I just felt I was supposed to write them down and I just, I kept them and said, okay, Lord, whatever. So that's the other thing that's fun about the Lord is that you can get up in the morning and just say, hey, you know, who do you want to bless through me today, Lord? And just look for that person. And it may be more than one. And that makes it fun because when you do that, when you, you, when, once you give to, you know, out to somebody or speak to somebody, uh, I don't know who gets blessed more, them or you. Because you, it just makes my day when that happens, you know, in the sense that you, know, you give somebody. Uh, uh, there was one time I was in Bible school, and we didn't have that much. And we're sitting there, and I'm sitting there, and there was a guy that was, Oh, I would say he, there were tables, and he was like maybe three rows in front of me, and he walked by me, and the Lord said, um, give him $20. And I said, Lord, I'm in Bible school. I have about $500 to my name. My wife is working so that we can stay here. Um, I rebuke you, devil. You know, that's not God. That can't be God. And the Lord said, give him $20. Okay, so... I give him a Pentecostal handshake, you know, I put it in my hand, and when he walked by, I said, hey, how you doing, and just shook it, and he, he walked by. So I'm sitting there, we're listening to some guy teach, and I see him turn around, and he had written something and passed a note back, almost like we were in, you know, high school or grade school again, you know, he passed this note, told me that these guys who I didn't know, they, he just, that guy, give it to that guy, so the note comes back, you know what that note said? God called me to Bible school, and today I got up and my gas tank is so low that I only knew I had enough gas to get to school, and he was living 10 miles out from the school. And he said, I didn't know how I was going to get back. And he said, thanks for listening to God. That made my day. I, don't, I mean, he got the gas to go home, but I mean, I was high for a few days just on the fact that not only did I hear God, but it was such, such a significant thing in that person's life. And I'm sitting there thinking, yeah, I didn't have much, but he was really stepped out in faith, you know, and just, I really just appreciated the fact that, and God, God and we went out to lunch with him and he started sharing some of the stories on how he just stepped out in faith and God started meeting his needs. 
at different times through different people. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm here, but I, I'm not in that, I'm not way up there yet. I'm not, you know, I'm not walking in that kind of faith. But it was an inspiring thing to hear him say, you know, to do that. So each and every one of us can do that. So I encourage you, you know, get your, uh, your attenders list. Sometimes you look through it and just say, Lord, who do you want me to bless today? I mean, texting is easy. You know, send an email if you do that. You know, a phone call is nice. Um, but if the Lord lays on your heart something, step out and practice to do things because when you do those, then you'll get better at it. And the more you do it, the easier it gets and the, uh, the more you'll get to hear his voice. And sometimes he'll have you do crazy things. You know, so he's, you know sometimes the, the crazy thought is God, if you know what I'm saying. In other words, it's a thought you're driving down the road and you just have a thought of somebody you haven't thought of in 10, 15 years. Okay, why would the devil give you that person's name? Okay, that's not the devil. So God dropped that person in your heart so then the next thing is, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do with that? So, you know, do, do you want me to call him? you want me to text him? And you begin a conversation. And then you, you know, get that feel for what you should do. What if you called him and you missed it? <laughs> I mean, you know, it's not a bad thing, you know. Uh, what if you, you know, sent a text and they, you know, they didn't respond? It, 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 so what? But what if it was like that guy who sends you a note back and says, you know, that really blessed me. I really needed to hear something today. So the thing is that we have to step out sometimes and, and we have to start recognizing when God, and once you start doing that, he'll start dropping more names into your life or he'll start you know, giving you more things to do uh, because you'll want him to and then it's also uh, something that he, you know, he wants to minister to people through you. And so that's, that makes it important and that we should do that here in the church uh, we sat and ate Chinese this, a this afternoon, right? And we sat down, and I, is it okay to share a little bit? Okay. So Shanna had been in the hospital a couple days. Okay, so we got that all straightened out, and we're all sitting there, and Susie brought her home from the hospital, and we're sitting there, and I said, okay, where did we miss it, <laughs> you know, as a family? In other words, what signals was Shanna giving or saying that we could have maybe, you know, been more... Uh, uh, aggressive in telling her you need to get an appointment. We told her she needed to get appointments. I think uh, Susie did, and and uh, you know we were tried to get her to go, but you know it's like sometimes I knew last week before I taught that I should go see Doctor Elwood because my neck was out, but I said I can make it. You know, that no big deal. And by Sunday I'm taking Advil so I could get up here because my you know I was my my chest and my back was hurting. You know, and if I didn't take Advil I wouldn't be be really you know uh, I'd be in pain. So I just kept saying I was too busy to go see him. <laughs> you know, then, it, then you pay for it later. So I went and saw him on Tuesday, and I'm fine. You know, he just adjusted something, and it's fine. Uh, why didn't I go see him on Thursday when the Lord told me to? Well, I, I'm too busy, Lord. Well, okay. Well, you know, that's your problem then, you know. I'm trying to tell you. You know better. You said, how many times have you done that? I think I've counted five or six that I've had that time where I thought I should go see him and I didn't, and I, you know, I had to pay for it later. So, you know, one of these days I'm going to get it right and I'm going to just say, you know, I don't care how busy I am today, I'm going to go do it. So, but it's easy for us to just think, okay, I'll just pass this off and it'll be okay um, when the Lord's trying to tell us. And we need to help each other. So as a family, you know, a church family, we'll do that with each other too. So... In other words, you know, if I can get a word that will encourage you to go do something, 
uh, you know, like Michelle, I just talked to Michelle a little bit, and she says, well, there's this nutritionist, I'm going to give you that, you know, we should help each other that way. You know, Lou said where he got his hydroxychloroquine, so I'm going to, you know, check that out. You know, you say, why? He says, well, you know, I'm, I'm into, you know, both. I don't, you know, I just want to know everything there is out there. And so, in other words, we can help each other, you know. Um, so, you know, we, we need to just, you know, be tuned into different things so that we can speak to each other and speak to them in love and try and encourage each other to be there. So the more we hear from God, not only it helps us, but it helps our families and then it helps our, our church. Um, but, you know, one of the worst things is a parent not knowing what to do for your kids. You know, that they just when they're hurting, you just, you know, I want to be able to tune into God and say, God, what do you want me to do? I remember one of my boys got, uh, he, uh, the oldest one uh, in the band, remember the, at McDonald's, when he fell and cut his head and they took him to the emergency room and, you know, and he's sitting there and he usually has a high pain tolerance. So I'm sitting there and uh, Susie and I are there and they did all the tests and they go, his neck's not broken, you know, there's nothing this. And he goes, Dad, I need some pain medicine. I go, son, they just gave you pain medicine. And he goes, I'm really in pain. And so... I realized something's wrong. You know, they, they sent us out of the hospital, and I'm not d down on the hospitals or anything, but they sent us out with just muscle relaxers. Okay, something was wrong with his neck. I don't know what was wrong, but, it, you know, I knew that my son, something was wrong. So I happened to go to, you know, one of these doctors, and he fixed his neck, and he played, that was on a Sunday, and he played ball that Friday night in ba basketball. But other than that, he would have had neck problems the rest of his life, you know. So... But someone told me about that doctor. And if I wouldn't, you know, they, you know, if they wouldn't have told me, then, you know, I would not have had that knowledge to go there and have, you know, because he does uh, special, his special thing is people's heads being out of, their head's not on right. So my head's not on right a lot of times. And so my wife says, go see Dr. Elwood. Anyway, so, but anyway, we want to give you a chance to just hear God uh, tonight. Well, let's just worship I don't know what you're facing, but uh, we'll be up here if you want us to pray with you. But if, uh, we're just going to do a couple songs. And whatever you, uh, is on your heart, you know, that you're, you need answers to. And this is the other thing, too. Sometimes there's something on your heart, but God will speak to you in other areas. That's okay. Just keep developing that, and you know that it's maybe a timing thing. So sometimes God doesn't, uh, you know, tell you something that, you want to know because of the timing, but he'll still speak to you in other areas. But let's just practice tonight, just getting before him and in our worship time and just quieting our spirits and just say, Lord, drop something in my heart tonight. Drop something that, you know, that uh, maybe it's just you, you sense his hand upon your shoulder saying, I love you, whatever it would be. But just let's ask him to just drop something in our heart to let us know that he cares about us because he does.